Welcome to The Rework with Allison Tyler-Jones, a podcast dedicated to inspiring portrait photographers to uniquely brand, profitably price, and confidently sell their best work. Allison has been doing just that for the last 15 years, and she's proven that it's possible to create unforgettable art and run a portrait business that supports your family and your dreams. All it takes is a little rework. Episodes will include interviews with experts from in and outside of the photo industry, mini workshops, and behind-the-scenes secrets that Allison uses in her portrait studio every single day. She will challenge your thinking and inspire your confidence to create a profitable, sustainable portrait business you love through continually refining and reworking your business. Let's do the rework. Hi, friends, and welcome back to The Rework. Today, joining me is Catherine Langsford from Photos by Catherine in Vancouver, Canada. And this is part one in a two-part series all about serving our clients better. So part one is how to not hate your clients. Now, why would you ever hate your clients? These are the people that support you, that make your dreams come true, that bring you money and give you money for what it is that you do. But it's actually pretty easy to get in a situation where you are in what I call an adversarial relationship with your clients. And if we look at these situations, we can always trace it back to something that we have done wrong. So that's the bad news. And it's also the good news because we can control it. So without further ado, let's jump into part one of our client series, How to Not Hate Your Clients with me and Katherine Langsford. Let's do it. Well, hello, Miss Catherine Langsford from Photos by Catherine. Hello. Canada is in the house. That's right. How's it going up there? It's good. It's summer and it's busy. Lots of exciting things happening here. Uh, You have lots of exciting things happening in your world. Yeah. Yeah. This has been a good summer. I love it. All right. Well, I am so glad and grateful because I know that you're busy slammed and you have a lot going on. But today, you and I have talked about this a lot. This is probably what we talk about the most in our drives on the way home from our studios is clients, how we're interacting with them, how we can serve them better, what's a better way to talk to them, what's a better way to serve them, all of those things. And so today's episode, we're going to do this as a two-part series on dealing with clients. And so today, our first episode in the series is going to be how not to hate your clients. Nice. Which isn't like great grammar, but I think that sometimes we get ourselves in a position to where we hate our clients, which is very counterproductive when you want your clients to pay you. Correct. Okay. So tell me about that. Like in your world, what would be a situation where you felt like you were frustrated with or were not happy with a client? I think if I was getting repeated requests to do things that I don't want to do. Okay. Um, if I was feeling like my clients were always trying to... I mean, these are things that have really happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. If I felt like clients were like trying to sort of get a lot for not much money. Right. Well, try to either like circumvent your whatever your policies are or the whole, I'm going to tell so many people about you if you just give me a deal. Mm-hmm. I'll feature you on my blog if you give me this for free, you know, whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, but, or or just lots of, oh, is it that much? Oh, is there anything better you can do? You're trying to get yeah. people. Sharpen your pencil. You ever yeah, had anybody exactly. ask you to do that? Or maybe things like talking a big talk and then backing off when it comes to ordering photos. I mean, you know, basically anything that involves me having to do a lot of work and getting and getting very little in return. Right. I mean, those are just sort of some of the money related things. There's other things too. Like, and you know what? Well, I mean, I guess we're going to get further and talk about what, what causes this, but it always comes back to just that I haven't. I haven't given them enough information. I haven't educated them enough. 100%. Exactly. So when, you know, we've all been in the Facebook groups of people complaining about clients of, you know, photographer Facebook groups, or you get a bunch of photographers together and they're going to tell their war stories or whatever. And so it can be just exactly what you're saying. They're asking you to do things that you don't want to do. They're maybe wanting to break your rules or just not respecting the value of what it is that you're bringing And so the bad news about that is that it happens. The good news is that there's something that you can do about it. And we are actually completely and totally in control of that. But I think you and I, it took us a while to realize that. Sometimes you just feel like you're a victim of this crazy person. Like, why is this still happening? Why are people calling and only wanting digital files? Or why are people... They look at this and they just want an entire wall of framed art for $500. Mm -hmm. And so... Why does everybody want to come in October and want things in time for Christmas? Right. Or November mm-hmm. or, or, or December. Yeah. I mean, why not? December 15th, you got 10 days. I mean, come on. Yeah. Okay. So I think with the conversations that we've had, the thing that's been so helpful about your friendship and our being able to bounce things off of each other is that we really realize almost every single problem is pretty much our fault. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Everyone. <laughs> Which that's the bad news, but it's also the good news that you can change it. So yeah. Yeah. So I think of several things like to me, and I've spoken about it before, there's like the death spiral. So the death spiral in my world is when you haven't charged enough for something. Okay. So you've put something out there and you've said, okay, this is how much this is. And then the client buys it at the price that you put on it. Mm-hmm. Right. Why wouldn't they? It's uh, right. price. Right. And then all of a sudden you get into the middle of retouching this and realize I didn't charge for head swaps or whatever the things I didn't charge enough for. And then you're mad because you're like, look, well, what do they expect for $20 or $100 or whatever? And so then you're mad and you start getting withholding and you don't want to do the thing that they've asked you to do. But in their mind, they've paid you money. And so you should be happy to do that. Yeah. So no, you're, what that is, that's hard one knowledge is what that is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's called the school of hard knocks and yeah. I got a PhD. Yeah. They had to do that probably, oh, good 40, 50 times before I realized right. my books need to be well thought out and not given quickly and maybe even padded with extra for unknowns that are going to come up. Or yeah, exactly. always yeah. ended up working for less than I should have. Okay. So... The title of this podcast episode is how to not hate your clients. So I'm going to throw out that number one, the number one way that you end up hating your clients is that you, you're both on a different page so that you're neither of you are singing from the same hymn book, so to speak. And that comes as a part of not having a process in your business. And you would say process because you're in Canada. I mean, that's just a small difference, but yeah. It's a small tomato, tomato. So talk about that, like where you've come process 
how you've evolved that. Yeah, well, sort of, I mean, we did an episode on processes from pain. Like all of my processes come from learning the hard way, realizing I don't want to do that again. I need to put something more formal down so that I can be sure and work this way instead. Some of those things were in the interest of me not losing money, right. which I have many times. Mm-hmm. And some were in the interest of you know wanting to make sure that I'm just not signing up for things I don't want to do. For example, just an example, clients who I design an album for them and then they want to come in and say, can we switch that page to this page and make this photo smaller? And can we put four on that page instead of three? And like, I don't do that anymore. Right. But before I just felt like, you know, oh, if that's what she wants, I need to do that. And yeah, of course we'll do it. And it really bothered me. And I didn't like the way the album looked. Right. I felt like this is what the client wants, but I don't do those things anymore. I just, I just tell them, no, this is actually the design I had in mind. And I think it's great because of this and this and this, they don't know. Right. I didn't just randomly pick a template. I custom designed this for them. And there's a reason that I made these photos larger and that I left room on the pages to breathe and didn't put 16 photos on there. And, mm-hmm. and once I explain it, they're fine. But I think when you're starting a business and growing a business and wanting to make everybody happy in your mind, your process is to do the thing the client wants. Exactly. What I've learned is I can work the way I want and the way that makes my business profitable while making people very happy. Those two things can exist together. Exactly. And I think we all kind of come up under the tutelage of the customer's always right. And that really that the more luxury the service and the more custom the service, you really want to be in the hands of an expert that's guiding you through a process. Because like you say... Our clients aren't graphic designers. They aren't photographers. They don't know how to tell a story visually or else they wouldn't be coming to us. And so it's up to us to guide them through that and have that, this is how it works. Kind of the umbrella of, let me take you by the hand and now guide you through... And I think also it's that tends to be a little bit harder for women too. We tend to be a little bit softer as far as just like, oh, I want to accommodate you. And we're kind of in a soft industry. Like it's, we're very loving and we want, oh, let's show them 75 pictures, photos of this individual kid, because maybe that mom will like this one eyebrow rather than these two are the best images. If you don't like a smiling one, maybe you like the serious one, but these two are by far and away the favorite. You know, just having the opinion and having the process. Yeah, correct. And I think part of it is also that we confuse service with meaning service and serving the client, like those sort of terms and ideas. We confuse that with meaning they know what they want and they're going to ask for it and I'm going to give it to them. And that that's something I had to learn early on that they don't actually know what they want. Maybe they think they do because they've heard about how a hundred other photographers work. Exactly. They, what they don't realize is what I have for them is even better. Yeah. So, you know, it's up to me to educate them. That's what I've learned. It's up to me to educate people as to what I do and why it's great for them and not comparing myself to anyone else. So I don't frame it that way, but they learn in the conversation that, okay, this is different. This isn't what we've done before. And wow, I didn't even know it was an option to do it that way. Exactly. And so what do you think? I know that these realizations all have been hard won and they've also been over a period of time. But is there anything in particular that you can think of like an aha moment or whatever, where you were just like, oh, wow, they really do not know what they want or they like that kind of had made you realize that? Huh. I'll tell one of mine while you're yeah, thinking. Yeah, Yep. What I realized is that some clients are more decisive than others, just bottom line. Some people are just more decisive than others. 
And I found that once I had my own opinion, like this is what I think you should have. This is the layout I think you should have on your wall. If these were my children and my images, this is what I would do with it. And when I proceed from that at the very, very beginning, rather than show them all the images and let's weed our way through them. Like I'm starting literally like, here is the wall. Here's what I think you should have. Mm-hmm. I know obviously based on the consultation, those that tended to be more indecisive were just like, oh yeah, great. Like they did not have to decide. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't want to decide. And then I was like, well, am I being too bossy? Like I kind of felt a little uncomfortable. And then I realized the more quote unquote bossy I got, I realized they actually liked it better. Yeah, You could see them relax. Whereas when they would first come in, like back in the day, right? It would be like, wait, 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 I have to decide now. And you could just see them get like, they were very uncomfortable. And then I'm getting annoyed yeah. because I'm like, well, make a decision. Like this is not that hard, but that's because I'm looking at images all day, every day. So that was kind of another way that I was quote unquote hating on my clients in that, like, just decide, like, it's not that hard, but really they can't. And so that's my job is to show them just exactly what example you just said on that, that album is kind of the bossier or I call it bossy or more expertise you get. I found that it allowed them to relax more and just put themselves in my hand and then they were fine. Yeah. That's such a, an awesome example. And that exact experience has happened to me um, many times, which is, you know, part of it was when I started using ProSelect. Mm-hmm. You know, I had these walls, these photos of the walls that were populated with my choices of photos when they came in. Mm-hmm. And so many times, which was very different than my previous process, which was what you just described. So many times when they come in and look at these walls that I've laid out for them, we don't even look at the alternate options. Right. They're just like, oh yeah, perfect. Awesome. I love right. it. Oh, should we make it three inches bigger? Okay. Like just little tweaks. Yeah. And that's a world of difference. And that was a big, big thing that was really hard for me and I didn't know how to solve. So yeah, that's... Well, and I think you don't realize... Sometimes you don't even realize how far you've come too, because I know that I have a client that she comes maybe every two to three years. And the last time she came in, we were discussing framing, you know, so this is, we were adding to a gallery that has been pre-existing and I had some, a couple of new frame moldings that my framer had brought over. And so I kind of pulled them out and I said, so we know, what do you think about this? And she literally put her hands up and backed away from the desk. And she's like, oh no, 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 no. You're the boss of me. You don't ask me what I think. No, no, no. We're not doing that. Like you decide, you bring it, you hang it. I can't be making framing decisions. And I started to laugh because I thought, wow, how far I've come, you know, whereas back in the early first year in business, it was like, here's my 75 framing options. Let's figure out after you've already weeded through 75 images, let's now figure out. And I was wondering why they were like ready to crawl out of my studio and could never finalize because they were so exhausted by the process. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then the other thing I was going to say was another sort of uh, aha moment was having conversations with people about starting with the end in mind before our session. Mm -hmm. And I was totally worried about it and didn't think people would... That's the other thing about all these things is I had to just dive in and try these things because I honestly did not believe that it would work. Mm -hmm. And I had myself, you know, talked out of it before I even tried. So I had to force myself to try these methods of directing how the service was going to be provided. And every time it's just made things better and better. But when people call and wanted, you know, their ideas, yeah, let's just set up a a photo session and end the story. I'll pay your session fee and we'll put it on the calendar and done. Right. (laughs) Which is of course how I used to work. 
But now talking about, I'm a finished fine art photographer and the things we look at creating are work for your walls or fine art albums. And let's talk about what suits you. And why don't you come in and we'll look at photos of your walls and figure out what's best for your decor and that kind of conversation. And then from there, we come out with a creative agenda for the session. So yeah, and I love you. I love that you use that wording, and that's been kind of more of a recent invention for you. But I think that that creative agenda or that that consultation sets the agenda for your session. I think that wording is so good. Well, it it's definitive. People know. Okay, this is the goal of this meeting. Is we're figuring out what we're creating, and that has just been because another thing that used to bother me was at the session. Oh, come what? Can you take a photo of him and him together? And oh, can you take a photo of this combination, that combination? And yeah. And, you know, in the moment, I wasn't going to really say like, yeah, you're never going to use that. <laughs> yeah. But now we know exactly what we're shooting. Okay. So you know? let me ask you that. So is that happening during sessions now that no. you're doing... Okay. So it's not happening. No. So the whole like, oh, let's just go ahead and get this. Okay. So if no. somebody were to ask you that, let's say that it did happen. Even with all the consultation, we've set the creative agenda. Um, I might say something like... If somebody oh, said, like, is that something that we're working with? We didn't talk about that. What should I shoot this for? Like, because the way that I describe it is, you know, I need to shoot it in a certain way so that I know it's going to work for the place we're putting it or a certain exactly. style so that I know it's going to complement the room. Or if we're putting it in an album, I'm going to want more variety of it. So it tells a story. Like there's a reason behind my request that I know what you're doing with things. So they already know that piece. They know about my reasons. So right. if they're asking, if they just get excited about the session, they decide they want, you know, 15 different combinations, then I do ask them. I'm not challenging them. I'm just getting clarity. You Same. Know? Um, yeah. Like, so, okay. Okay. So where is that going? Is totally that going to go? What are, are we going to go ahead and do an album? Wall or, yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes one partner will reign in the other. Yep. You know, the husband might go like, yeah, we don't need that. We're not going to do exactly. that. Exactly. Or they might go, oh yeah, totally. Yeah, that would be great on a gallery wall. And one way or the other, they decide, is this just a spontaneous request that has no reason behind it? Or do we need this portrait? And exactly. you know what? If they're talking about it, but they're kind of not sure, whatever, I'll shoot it. But what I don't want is to shoot something that's just part of the moment and could cost us 20 minutes of blood, sweat, and tears that I don't really want to expend if not necessary. Right. Exactly. Especially, yeah. and I think the ones that fall into that category in my mind the most are usually like the individuals of the kids. Those take a while to do. Yep. And those are... Or the individual parents with the kids. That sometimes... Oh my gosh. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Unless somebody's ill or like... They no. want it for an office or whatever. Like they have right. a room, that's fine. So yeah, I mean, that has been a game changer to talk about what are we doing and why are we doing it and, and, and how much is it going to cost? Right. We've talked ad nauseum about the, the pre-session consult, but like it all comes back to that. Educating the client is the way that you make sure that they know exactly what we're doing and yep. that they have an informed ability to decide whether that works for them. And they're either all in or they're maybe this is too expensive or maybe it's too much of a big deal or whatever. And that's fine too, because those people... Maybe it's too expensive. Maybe it's too much of a big deal. They wouldn't have decided that anyway. They just would have decided after I did all this work for them. Exactly. And I would hate them. Then you would hate them. And that's, that's not, not. And the thing is, is it's not fair to them because you yeah. really weren't honest. And so, right. okay. So I think we can put everything that we've just set up to this point is under the category of transparency upfront, educational and transparency. 
being info early and often not being afraid to say exactly what we do, not being afraid to say exactly what we don't do, and not being afraid to quote prices early and often. Yep. Okay. So next, I think one of the ways that we end up hating our clients is when our clients are breaking our rules. So let's say that we've educated. I think there are a lot of photographers out there that are convinced of the value of doing in-person sales, of doing consultations, of doing business in this way. But then something happens where we get a request for something that we either don't do, don't want to do, isn't in the best interest of our business or even the client. And so then we fold and break our own rules. And then that makes us hate our clients. Yep. So I have a perfect example that just happened today. Do it. So I have a great client. She's new. She's new and she's been educated perfectly and she follows rules perfectly and she's ideal. So she's great and I love her. So this is the second time she's come to me within a year. We're just working out her album and her fine art and stuff. And she's purchased her digital files, which people can do with me after they've purchased a certain amount of art. And she asked me, you know, I just, can I ask you, um, can I get also a set of color files? Like I'm, I'm a black and white portrait photographer. So I only- Exclusively black and white. Only, only black and white. Can I get a set of color files? I just love my daughter's blue eyes. Now, in the past, I would have done that. I would have said, yeah, sure. Because it's not hard for me. I mean, mm-hmm. all just two sets of digital files. I would have done that. And it's not, and it's not about the money either. I just would have thought, oh, she wants that. So, but I know how that's going to go. Then she's going to want color photos in the album. Then she's going to want a color photo on the wall. So even though it's easy for me to say yes to that, mm-hmm. I don't want her to start wanting color art from me because that is not what I want to do. And so what I said to her was, I told her, I totally see why you would ask that. She does have such gorgeous blue eyes. My work is exclusively black and white. I'm very committed to that. And I told her, that being said, if there's one file that you really love to see her eyes in, I will include that in your set. But yeah, I mean, that's what I said. Okay. So So, I I think that's limited enough that it's not going in the album. We're not printing it. And I will not end up because that person is at the, you know, her kids are very young. Yeah. So as she goes on, she's just going to want more color and more color and more Mm -hmm. color. I will have already said yes. And you will hate her. So yeah. Okay. So I would say that would fall under the category of that we have to be thoughtful before we just fold and break a rule. We are running luxury businesses, service businesses that are very custom to each individual client. So of course, there are things that we do for each individual client. I mean, we have our rules, but it's not like hard and fast on everything, right? Meaning like everything we do is custom. So the sizes, like we're not locked in. You have to have only eight by 10, 11 by 14, 11 by 16. Like it can be shaped whatever size we want, but we aren't selling gift prints like floppy eight by tens, unless something has already gone on the wall or in an album, or you're not in your business. You're not, you're not selling a set of digital files unless they have a minimum, very high spend of fine art. So those are rules that we're not going to break because those are going to be like the spine of the profitability of our business. And then we won't be in business. But like you say, somebody might have a request like that, but before you just roll over and say, okay, customers always write, they're asking for it. I'm going to give it to them. We have to look further down the line and think exactly what you just said. Okay, I know where this is going. And somebody that's earlier in their career might not know where it's going. Might just think, okay, well, she wants it. I'm going to give it to her. But you've got to think, okay, so then next year and the year after that and the year after that. Yeah. Yes is forever. If you say yes to something now, it's forever. They're going to want it every year. And there's really, it's going to get difficult if you want to say no next year. Exactly. If it's something that's okay for you, that yes, it's going to be forever. 
But yeah, I know that by now, especially about the color, because I don't like, I don't like, that's not my brand. It's not my look. And sure, it's one thing of a baby in a blue dress, blue eyes, and it looks like that's great, but it doesn't always make sense like that in my eyes to have a photo be in color. And I just don't want to lock myself into that. Well, there's so many considerations there, like future, business, who are they telling? Yeah, sure. You know, as far as like the deal they got, like I got her in there and I beat her down and she's like, oh yeah, she'll give you, she'll give you all color files too. I mean, don't worry that she's black and white, you know? So the word gets out and then you set the precedent. Anybody that's a mother knows all about the precedent. Like attorneys have nothing on moms. It's like you set that precedent one time. And that kid's going to be nagging you for that until they are driving out yeah. of your house. Or to not go to even college. nagging, just assuming. Just, yeah. So next year I brought this because I want my color photos to have this dress. Like, Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I think that's a really good. So not pricing too low. Your pricing should be profitable for your business also where you're happy to do it. You've educated our clients ahead of time so that they know what's coming. Uh, we've been transparent early and often. We've educated them. And then before we say yes to anything, we have to look ahead and see, are we entering into the law of unintended consequence land? And are we going to be happy and love this client if we say yes to this now, thinking that we might be doing it for forever? And one more on that point is there are many situations where people are okay with you saying no. They're just asking. A hundred percent. They're just asking, oh, can we get this? Or, oh, can we do this way? And sometimes they say, no, I don't do that actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's really not a big deal. It's not a big deal. We think like, oh no, I can't say no. Oh, she's going to be upset. Oh, right. And it's like, they're just asking. And then they've been trained by other photographers to just by poorly trained too. Like, oh, let's just use those six images on the back of the card. Nope. (laughs) Philosophically opposed. Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, we've kind of have a pause here and I think I'm just realizing what I realized a while back is that anything that we're doing in our business that is causing us to have not positive feelings toward any client means that we're doing something wrong. Basically, there's something wrong with the process. So if it's pricing, then maybe your pricing is too low because you're not charging enough. So you're feeling resentful of fulfilling the service that you have put out there at X price. And if you feel like that you're being taken advantage of, we only have to look at ourselves because we set the price. Our clients didn't set the price. If we've broken our own rules, if we have not been transparent, have not educated our client early and often. But so I think just watching for that feeling, right? Of that feeling of resentment and that feeling of like, this is so annoying. Yeah. We have to look back and go, okay, wait a minute. Who am I really annoyed at here? And is this something that I set up and created And to me, then I'm always happy when the answer to that is yes, because then I realize the next time I can do better and it pulls me back from being a victim. It pulls me back from being negative to a client. And so then I can just suck it up on this one and realize like, okay, you did it wrong. And then move forward in a more positive vein with the next client. Yeah. And in learning this, maybe we can look at the opposite. What are the things we do that we feel like, oh, I love working like this. Oh, I love this kind of client. Oh, I love it when things go like this. And that can be part of the lesson as well. What have I done here that makes it that way? Exactly. Which is part two of our series, which is what we're going to do next week. And that is finding the good client, bad client. So what makes the client good? What makes a client bad? And it really... I think we've all just highlight, we've highlighted that it all comes down to how we run our business. Yep. Okay. Well, I appreciate you being here today. I'm excited to talk to you. 
about- I always love talking to you. Part two of better clients. So thank you. As always, you have just the best words and the best. That's why we're good together. Agreed. We're great together. (laughs) Have I told you lately how much I appreciate you being here? I know that you have so many demands on your time and so many demands on your attention. You could be watching Netflix. You could be listening to a true crime podcast. But you spent time here at The Rework learning to make your portrait business better. And that really means a lot to me. If there's somebody that you feel like could benefit from this episode, that you could help them and help us spread the word in helping other portrait photographers build better businesses, please go to where you're listening to this episode and hit that share button and share it with them. And if you have time and can give us a review, you don't even understand how much that means to a little tiny podcast like ours to see those reviews and see how we're helping. And if you have another minute and can send me a DM and let us know what you would like to hear in the future, what you really enjoyed hearing about, maybe things that weren't that great, how we can do better. We always want to do better and we always want to support the portrait photography industry and helping you build the best businesses ever. Thanks again so much for being here. You can find more great resources from Allison at dotherework.com and on Instagram at do.the.rework.